This episode of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry is brought to you by Densdeck Roofboards. To learn more, go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks. Welcome to Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast, a production of the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Jared Ripple. As always, our goal is you would be proud of the great things being done in the roofing industry, and you might learn something along the way. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you like what you hear, give the podcast a thumbs up and a rating in whatever platform you are listening. Have you ever taken the time to realize just how valuable your skill sets are? You share your skills each and every day in the workplace, which is proof that you are a great employee and an imperative teammate. But what if those same skills could make a massive difference outside of your workplace? What if the skills you use at work could do more for the world? Would you be willing to share your time, talents, and abilities for a cause greater than a paycheck? Our featured guest today is a prime example of a person who continually takes her greatest qualities and pairs them with her heart for helping her community. She has discovered the very things that make her good at her job are the same things that help bring a lot of hope to those who need it most. You know, Winston Churchill once said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Standing at this incredible intersection is someone we would like you to meet. I am Stephanie Baird with Bliss Roofing. We are a residential roofing contractor out of Clackamas, Oregon, which is a suburb of Portland, Oregon. Um, We do mostly pitched residential roofs, and I am the general manager here. I oversee all operations, and I am going on my 29th year in the roofing industry and my 29th year here at Bliss Roofing. Stephanie's time at Bliss Roofing has been a perfect picture of longevity in the workplace. She worked her way up from receptionist to general manager and has been fortunate to work alongside some of the same people for many years. I feel like I'm a born leader. It's what I do. I lead the group. I'm the queen bee. We built a culture here that's like any other I've ever seen. And a lot of our people are lifers here. We have some of our installers that have been with us for 20 years. A lot of our staff have been here for 20 plus years. So it's not like it's just me. A lot of people have been here a long time and and will go down, you know, retire here as well as I'm going to. Our owner and myself, we believe in taking care of the employees. If we take care of them, they're going to take care of us. And those are the type of people that that we really have working here with us. We've just built that culture and and I believe in it of, you know, if you create an environment for which people want to participate, that's the key. And it's not all fun and games. Lots of times, you know, you have to do some babysitting and some big sister um, tactics and stuff. You can't just be on and on and on and and complaining to people and, and harping but create an environment for which people want to participate is the key. 
While her work at Bliss itself is quite impressive, it is her work outside of Bliss and into the greater parts of Oregon that bring us to her story today. You see, Stephanie has taken her relentless pursuit of excellence in the roofing industry and transferred this passion to charitable work in her community. Chris McDowell has had the pleasure of working alongside Stephanie during many charitable projects. Yeah, my name is Chris McDowell, and I'm a project manager with the Home Builders Foundation. Essentially, we're a charity nonprofit that works with shelter providers and helping them navigate through construction process. Most of our shelters that we work with have never done a construction project before. Sometimes they're doing their first shelter project, and so we help them through the process generating kind donations. We work with contractors that we're friendly with, suppliers, and other organizations that help us reduce the costs so the shelter can spend money on what they do best, which is sheltering people, not on construction costs. So that's essentially what we do. So we work with a lot of local builders and we leverage our connections with the home building industry to get more donations. So for example, roofers, you know, if we know roofers and they can give us a discount or donation. Um, if we can work with national companies that have more space to give us donations, then they make a big difference on our project. They might save us $30,000 donating our roof materials, for example, and the labor associated with it. Stephanie will go on to help Home Builders Foundation with many future projects, but this first project was formidable for Chris's impression of Stephanie. The first project that I work with Stephanie on that I can remember is the uh, Anissa's Place shelter that we built. We started it in 2019, but we essentially constructed it in 2020 during the height of the pandemic. The Village for One, who we had started to work with, had this great project and Stephanie stepped up, you know, without really us, you know, pushing on her much to be involved and get the National Women in Roofing involved. The shelter was a seven-bedroom house for girls escaping sex trafficking. We were working with a fledgling nonprofit, <clears throat> Village for One, which is a pretty small nonprofit that was based in Oregon City. So their their plan was to build their first shelter in a undisclosed location, a confidential location in Clackamas County, which is a suburban county in Portland, Oregon. And so we we just essentially helped them get that project off the ground through pre-development, through the permitting process. And then eventually start, we broke ground in January of 2020. So right before the pandemic. In 2020, National Women in Roofing, we put a roof on for Anissa's place, which is a house in an undisclosed area in Oregon City under the association of Village for One. And that house houses young women and children who had been caught up in sex exploitation. So that was powerful. We put a new roof on there and that kind of changed our life. They came and spoke to one of our meetings. We have continued to partner with them, the National Women in Roofing Oregon Council. We've done Christmas for them in 2020 and in 2021, and we're gonna do Adopt Their House this year um, and do Christmas presents for the residents. We put Christmas lights on their house. We participated in a gala event a couple of months ago. And because the project has done so well, they're building another house out there in 2023 under the Home Builders Foundation, and we're gonna put a roof on for them too. 
This particular project has been quite impactful. You heard it from Stephanie herself. It has been life-changing for her and other members of National Women in Roofing. Because of this, we thought it would be great to hear from one of the women who started this nonprofit and get her take on what Stephanie and Chris's work has meant to them. I am Cassie Trahan, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a registered nurse, and I am currently the executive director and also one of the co-founders of A Village for One. A Village for One is a nonprofit based in Oregon, and we have a mission to serve youth, and we consider youth 25 and under who have faced commercial sexual exploitation of some form. A Village for One has two kind of main areas of services. So we have community-based services, which is where we serve youth up to age 25, and we meet them in the community wherever it works for them. Then we also have our newest division of services, which is our therapeutic foster home. And the name of the current home that we have is Anissa's Place. And it serves six female or female-identifying youth, ages 12 to 18 who are also in the custody of the Department of Human Services and have faced commercial sexual exploitation. For a village of one to continue the impactful work they were doing, Anissa's place needed to be born, and not only born, but it needed to be continually poured into. One of our ongoing donors who's been involved with the Village for One since our inception recommended we connect with the Home Builders Foundation And the Home Builders Foundation really brings together a lot of people in the building industry. So through the Home Builders Foundation, we met the National Women in Roofing. And they have been just a key partnership for us in the building of Anissa's Place, but also since the building of Anissa's Place. The home is a structure, but ultimately the the program within Anissa's Place is meant to be a place where youth can heal. And through that, we have a lot of therapeutic services. But just as important or even more important is just the ability to be a child and have had have childhood experiences that many of them have never had. So National Women Roofing has really come alongside us and done some super fun things to make that happen. So Christmas is a really great example. So they came in both the first year and the second year, and they have also recently committed to this coming year in 2022. And I send them a list of like Christmas wishes for each youth, as well as like a couple of bigger gifts for just the house to share as a whole. And then they purchase the items. And then once I approve all the items, they wrap all the items and they bring them out and just really provide such an amazing like holiday atmosphere for our kids. I mean, I can go and raise money and raising money is always, you know, important for us to do what we do. We have to do that but also to have people be seen by our kids actually contributing and see um, the work that they put in also makes them feel like the community in which hurt them is also the community in which is invested to heal them. And so it's really just uh, an amazing thing to have our kids see these women who have no idea who they are, who really aren't gonna ask them to tell their trauma stories or expect anything in return to really go out of their way and provide them Christmas is just, a really good example and like a healing connection for our kids to the community. We will hear more about Stephanie's impact in her community in a moment, but first. Your roof job from six months ago is calling and it's probably not to say thank you. Remember when they said a cover board didn't matter? That's because building owners don't always think about the battering their rooftops may take over a lifetime. 
Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs like solar panels or HVAC, catastrophic weather events, and fire. Make sure Densdeck roof board doesn't get value engineered out of your next job. You'll strengthen your rooftops and your client relationships. Visit densdeck.com slash stop callbacks for more information. We have been telling the story of Stephanie Baird, the general manager at Bliss Roofing in Oregon, who has been making a large impact in her community through charitable giving. The unique thing about Stephanie's desire to give back is that it drives her to reach out rather than waiting for a project to fall in her lap. She knows her skill set well. She knows she is a great leader for projects, and so she seeks opportunities to use her connections and gifts to give back to others through her work in the roofing industry. When there's a roofing project that is being called out, Chris from Home Builders Foundation often will let me know, hey, I've got another project. Or sometimes if it's been quiet, like in 2021 with a COVID, everything was quiet. I'm like, hey, do you have anything? Do you have anybody that has some needs? And he hooked us up with those three projects for this year. So I, I guess that was one of the reasons I reach out to him and say, hey, you know, let's get let's get dirty. Let's get some stuff done this year. What do you got going on versus waiting for him to call me? Yeah, she would call me periodically and, and ask me for opportunities, and I didn't really have to pull her arm at all. She was actually calling me on a pretty regular basis to the point where I was like scrambling to find more and more projects for her, which is not a problem for us. For us, that's a great thing to have as somebody that's trying to find ways to plug in repeatedly so we don't have to go and you know, make the case to them for specific projects. This year, Stephanie helped create three specific projects with the Home Builders Foundation and National Women in Roofing. And as always, she went above and beyond to help. However, she wants us to know this has been a team effort from the beginning. It wasn't just me and it wasn't just Bliss Roofing. I sit on the Council of National Women in Roofing, the Oregon Council. I am the former co-chair on the board of National Women in Roofing, but I, I don't sit on that board anymore. But I'm the community outreach person for the Oregon Council. National Women in Roofing plus the Associated Roofing Contractors of Oregon and Southwest Washington partnered with our two organizations to do these shelter projects. We did Good Neighbor Center this year, which is a food drop-off place in Tigard. We did Home Plate, which is a youth drop-off center for underprivileged children in the Beaverton area. And then we also did the Clackamas Veterans Village in Clackamas this year, which is a meal facility for veterans, for homeless veterans. So all very, very three prideful projects and our suppliers, our distributors, everybody, you know, teamed up and participated and gave new roofs for those three projects. Let's revisit with Chris that last project she mentioned, the Veterans Village. The Veterans Village project is a good example, though. So she she called us about that, and the 
so what had happened was we were working on this shelter project there it's a it's a tiny house village what we call sleeping pod village um, it has 30 people living there so they have community buildings that are attached to the property so the way the sleeping pods work is you sleep in the sleeping pods or single room occupancy dwelling units but you just sleep and secure your belongings there and then you use community buildings where your laundry where your kitchen is meeting space stuff like that well the community building got damaged in a winter storm that we had in february of 2021 six months later we had no fix on the roof we had blue tarps they were falling off we were trying to work with the county who operates the property to fix it but they had gotten slowed down because of how hard it was to get a contractor on site so that's when i reached out to to Stephanie and I was like, hey, you know, we've got this, you know, this kind of complicated project where we need help, we need somebody to intervene. And so Stephanie dove right into that. And within a couple of weeks, got a hold of the situation and, and was able to get over there and build a new roof basically for that modular building. So it was a fairly poorly constructed modular building, but she was able to, you know, take the existing roof that was just totally in disarray and and replace it and uh, solve our problem that we had there with the county and just waiting on them to take care of things in their bureaucratic way. So that was super helpful. Stephanie's work ethic and dedication to philanthropic construction work impacted Chris so much that he nominated her for the Volunteer of the Year Award given by the Home Builders Foundation. So we have an event every year called the Foundation Builders Breakfast. In that event, it's one to thank our donors and and it's you know a small kind of breakfast that we have in the morning in the fall. But we also give Volunteer of the Year is one of the awards and the other is Company of the Year. So the Company of the Year went to a local builder that we is working on one of our shelter projects that also Stephanie helped with which is a good neighbor center. And she put the roof on on uh, the laundry facility that we had built with that. But we thought Stephanie was obviously, a, you know, a stellar candidate for our volunteer of the year because it's somebody that goes way beyond what we would normally expect from a donor. Like I was saying, you know, she, she reached out to us, but she almost obsessively would call me, you know, each week trying to find opportunities. And so, I didn't have to work as hard to try to find her something, but she was always there, you know, stepping up to, to help us with our projects that we needed help with. And, you know, for the most part, most of our projects need some kind of help with the roof, whether we're building a new one or renovating a building. So for us, she seemed pretty much a shoe in for this year, especially the, like the volume of stuff she done. I mean, I can't even remember everything that she's done it's hard for me to remember because it's so many different things that she does the volunteer of the year is just an award that we like to hand out to to celebrate somebody that's gone above and beyond for our projects i received the volunteer of the year award by oregon's home builders foundation which is the charity portion of the oregon home builders association i was a little floored that i had received it One of the best things about Stephanie is how she has taken the skill set she uses in the workplace and transferred those gifts to helping in charitable work. 
You do not need to dig deep to find ways to help that are not true to who you are. Use the qualities you already have and share them with the world. What does this type of giving mean for Anissa's place? Yeah, I would say everybody can contribute and just figure out what you can contribute. So I think a lot of people think, oh, charities just need money or nonprofits just need money, which we do. I mean, that's just the reality of how we operate. However, we also can use contributions of skills and materials, um, sometimes time, depending on what you're willing to do. So, for example, for Nisa's place, it was um, around $400,000 in donation of time and material. That we That's $400,000 in cash that we didn't have to raise, but yet at the same time was critical in getting the house up and going for these kids and made it the quality. Like, the house is absolutely beautiful. And so just con- just consider what you've got. Everybody's got something, whether or not it's a single item on an Amazon wish list that we absolutely need, like a you know a body wash, like that body wash is key for a kid, or whether or not you have large sums of money to donate, or you can put a roof on, like National Women in Roofing, that roof saved us thousands of dollars and it provides a clean, safe, warm place for our kids to live. So I would say just find somebody, find a reputable organization, and just find someone that matches what you have to offer and then go for it. There's so many ways that people can get involved. And I think we just get stuck on like either saying like you have to do it full time or you have to be able to write a large check. And that's not that's not the case. There's always an organization with a mission that matches your skill set. Stephanie loves to give back to her community and is grateful for the opportunities her work in roofing has afforded her. It's important for me to be able to give back to the industry that has supported me and my family, helped support my family for the last nearly 30 years. So it's important for me to be able to give back, maybe not even so much in the community outreach, but just in the knowledge and um, information that I have to share. Stephanie, what advice would you give to anyone looking to get involved in charitable work? Do it. Yeah, do it. Just see what it's all about. I think that if you're in this industry, I think that you should join associations. If you're a female, I think National Women in Roofing is great, especially somebody that's a younger female. I mean, they support women in the roofing industry from the rooftop to the boardroom. And so I, I think it's important. I think it's nice to know what other people are doing. I think the Associated Roofing Contractors are a great place to be. Chris has some other ideas about ways to get involved in the important work he and Stephanie are a part of. Yeah, I mean, my advice is to go directly to your local organizations. A lot of people, I think, think of Habitat and these kind of national names. Those are great organizations, but at the same time, there's tons of Local nonprofits, especially in a place like Portland, it's pretty nonprofit heavy, but nonprofits play an important role. Now that I've worked in nonprofits for 10 or 15 years, you know, I believe nonprofits can do a lot of work that the government can't do, that the government's slow at doing. The nonprofits are are a little bit more nimble and they have a better partnership with private companies because they are private companies in general. They're nonprofit, but they're private nonprofits. I think, you know, if I was, moving to a new area and I was trying to figure out, or I lived in a new area and I've just never volunteered before, I would look to my local nonprofits that are doing good work in the neighborhood. There's plenty. I mean, there's some that focus on construction like us, like Habitat, like 
uh, Portland Youth Builders. But then there's ones that, you know, just hand out food, you know, soup kitchens and things like that, where you can immediately plug in and do good work, pick up trash. Like we have new ones in Portland because of how, the, how much trash had accumulated after the pandemic. It was just insane. But there's several organizations that you can go help just to clean up your neighborhood. And I know it seems like a really easy thing to do, but you can also do it on your own. I did it during the pandemic. I just grabbed a couple bags from a local organization that hands them out and bought one of those little trash picker uppers and just went out and just started cleaning my neighborhood. It's a good way to just take it on your own and you learn a lot about your neighborhood. You learn a lot about yourself when you do stuff like that. I think that giving back is huge. I think it's cause marketing. I think that people that aren't ones to share of themselves, their trade, they really miss out because it's such a great feeling to partner up with your competitors, with local suppliers, and put a riff on for somebody. And everybody loves it when we do it. Well, I would just say, you know, we appreciate the roofing community, you know, continually supporting us, whether it's shingle companies or, you know, local companies like Bliss Roofing that Stephanie owns that just help us install our roofing products. But it makes a big difference to us, even if it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to y'all, it's a big deal to us. That $30,000 roof that Stephanie installs is $30,000 we can spend on some somebody's salary um, that's a staff member that can help other people. It's $30,000 worth of food that we can distribute. It's directly translatable to resources that we need to provide or our shelter providers need to provide out in the community. So it makes a big difference to us and especially the volunteering component. Stephanie is not alone in her work to give back to the construction industry she has grown to love. There are so many people across our industry and those beside us who sacrifice materials and time every day to pour into their local communities. This type of giving is what gives us so much pride in the roofing industry. Keep up the good work because we cannot wait to hear about it. I'd like to thank Stephanie Baird for sharing a bit of her story today. Stephanie, you are an extraordinary roofer. And a special thank you to Chris McDowell and Cassie Trahan for lending your voices to this podcast episode. To all of you, as well as the Home Builders Foundation of Oregon and National Women in Roofing, we are grateful for you and all you have done to make the roofing industry excellent. We could not produce this episode without the help of our sponsor, Densdeck. Go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks to learn all about how Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs, catastrophic weather events, and fire. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone you know needs to hear it and give it a rating in whatever podcast platform you are listening. This episode was written by Crystal Ribble and produced by Alex Wart for the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Jared Ribble, and as always, be well, be safe, and be proud of this great industry. Music